0: You know I'm a dreamer. Alright, Teddy Boy, you ready? Now that Chad's properly warmed up. Let's start the show. Take it away, Tater. Hey,
1: y'all. It's Tater. Welcome back to another episode of the Foul Life podcast.
0: Chad and the Foul Life posse have migrated to Prairie Wings in Arkansas. And on today's show, who's joining them, Tater? I
1: would like to welcome Mr. Chris Lindblom with Benelli, Mr. Jason St. John, who is with Six Hour, Chad building with the Foul Life TV, and Anna V, my mom, and Nick Lawahan, our chef, here at Prairie Wings. Thank
0: you, Tater pretty good All right, <laughs> All right. the foul life with chad belding is proudly presented by benelli federal premium black cloud rob roberts custom gunworks jargon game calls and bandit brands we're going live at prairie wings in three two two one one
1: hey y'all it's taylor welcome back to another episode of the foul live podcast i would like to welcome Mr. Chris Lindblom with Benelli, Mr. Jason St. John, who is with Sig Hour, Chad Belding with the Fat Life TV, and Anna V, my mom, and Nick Lahan, our chef, here at Prairie Wings.
2: That
3: building is
4: going to take it from here. Thank you, Tater. That, that was, was pretty good. Good job, Tater. <laughs> I can't believe like I'm that. getting to hold another microphone. Yeah,
3: like well, there's no water here. I'm really good with microphones. You, you, you have a chance of dropping <coughs> it out that I window. You can get it through the window. I yeah. think so, too. I mean, I've been pretty good with microphones. Well, I mean, two days, two microphones, and. I, they're usually connected with the, the, the audio was kerplunk that's what he said it's a, a couple of how could you hear that over Anna B's cough like she's <laughs> <getting coughing. laughs> more, more, more.
4: ducks are coming in she's just coughing and cough. I'm like there they go they're leaving well, I, just
0: commanded you, sick, I just commended you I just commended you on being quiet with coughing
4: you're what I didn't
5: say I was sick I'm staying in the bed I, I wanted to get my Woody and my Mallard for the SCI World Buck. You,
4: you did get your wood duck.
5: Yeah,
2: Chris that was was like clean a good shot. shot. She made with that
4: Super Black Eagle.
2: That was pretty pretty clean. One shot, one kill, right there. And he was moving. He was yep. moving. Passing shot, puffed him too. Yeah,
3: yeah just it's smoked called,
5: him. Yes, it's exactly what it is. A pass through. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Jesus, how about the Woodies this morning? Ugh. Did you hear the woods? Yeah. I mean, when I I don't know why it went quiet for a second. And the woods were just and just <laughs> they're everywhere everywhere the whole woods 360 degrees there had to be what do you think you saw wood ducks today throw a number out there Scott I
4: hate to do that because I'm going to go high or I'm going to go low and then it's going to disagree with yours but I'm going to say 300 oh you're going to go 400 really oh, not,
3: man I, you know it depends on repeats right when 15 20 go by is it the next same because there but some lots I mean, of
4: 20 and those add up fast Man, yeah. I,
3: but I mean if you just listen to the woods 360 degrees it was crazy sounding now mm-hmm. it's not as far as our decoys and our spread i mean 25 30 that come down in the hole i would say and threes fours fives we had them eight light a little bit early there for for shooting light but uh...
4: this time of year they're thick. you get here in like january that won't be and they might just move over to another section of woods too you know but that was a lot of wood ducks yesterday and today way more than the amount of mallards in and, the area
3: and maybe that, nick i think nick said that only this piece is flooded right now the biometa is not completely flooded it's only like 30 percent so probably concentrating them up pretty good too right
4: yeah but i think that that causes a problem in my opinion also is that if there's not a lot of water on the biometa, the ducks aren't spending a lot of time navigating the woods yeah because they know that so they're just staying where the water is and at the same time they have food right in the rice field so i think that once the biometa gets its water in it because, you know, the other part of that analogy would be, well, if we got the only water in the area, we're in business, right? Yeah, the yeah, w- right. No, but they got flooded rice everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And, so,
3: and mild weather.
4: So they're not spending a lot of time navigating 30,000 acres of dry woods to look for 2,000 acres of wet woods. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, that's fair. And
4: I think that that's a big reason. I think that there's some mallards here. There's definitely not the mallards that will be here. And there usually is more mallards here by this Thanksgiving week during the Wings Over the, the Prairie Festival that we've been attending. But as a whole, they're just not here. I've I've been to these woods for ten years in a row now, this section of woods right here, since Brandon and Brian bought it. And there's usually mallards everywhere. Everywhere, huh? There's a mallards around here right now, but you see them when you're hunting. When you're not seeing mallards over the woods, that means they're not here yet. Gotcha. They're not here because when they're in the wood when they're in, in this area, they're they're over the woods during the day. And we probably saw Here's another number. Do you wanna guess what I'm gonna guess? Pulled it up. I'm talking, say, mallards the number of mallards day? we saw yet today. Oh. Just today we saw and I'm talking the high bunches too. I'm gonna to say that we saw a hundred mallards max. I said seventy. Seventy. Oh, yeah. Max. And 100. I was and I
3: was counting some tall ones. Tall yeah. ones, you know. Usually you
4: light groups of seventy at a time in prayer, in this wow. in these woods.
3: That, that's unbelievable. You know, seventy
4: to 100, 150 at a time if when it's when it's right. Wow. They'll accumulate and five will turn into 20 and 20 will turn into a hundred in a matter of seconds because they're just descending from the skies because they're yeah, over the woods the
3: they're over the woods for a reason yep. they're looking to come yeah. into the woods and they're when, not looking for the yeah. woods right now and then for once sure. they see it's like a magnet yeah. right just once one group dumps in it seems that at the, least the footage I've seen when they're packed it's the
4: trees are a magnet and they'll get into bunches
3: and then it's up to you if
4: whether or not you can finish them because the last thing you want is a big raft of ducks 200 yards 300 400 yards from you yeah yeah because yeah. there's a way that those ducks in the sky and I've always said this about Arkansas how audio it is how yeah you know, that's why the best duck hunters in the world best duck callers in the world come from this state as a whole as you know as an average the more the best duck callers in the world come from this state right here and it's because they're searching up that sound they're hunting up that sound so as a hunter you have to be able to break them and you have to be able to get them into your hole because they they're hearing that the live ducks and they're hearing calling all over the public area they're hearing duck calling all the time all the time So you have to be able to read them and hit them at the right times and master the calling and be able to do it at the right volumes to consistently be successful. And when I said that about Joel Wicker last night, like he's a true woodsman. And a woodsman is different than a marsh hunter or any other kind of duck hunter. A woodsman is, they're used to calling a lot and breaking ducks from high distances. A lot of them use a cut-down style call. But a woodsman is different than, you know, you could say that a deer hunter is a woodsman, but as far as duck hunting goes, sure, a woodsman sure. is different than any other style duck hunting there is. You have to be able to navigate them. You have to be able to figure out the wind direction. You have to be able to figure out the slits. You have to figure out the runways and the approaches. You have to be a great boat driver in most instances when you're when you're really in the woods and you're getting yeah. after them big time. So, Joel's really good at all of that, and I've learned a ton over the last 10 years hunting with him. He really doesn't hunt with me much anymore because of the cameras. But as a whole, Chris, Lindblom, uh, Benelli, mm-hmm. you had never hunted in the woods before. No. First timber hunt. You were down here for the Wings Over the Prairie Festival with Max Prairie Wings, our yep. good friends at Max, a major Benelli dealer. They're our largest dealer with Bandit, Chuck Locke, and the entire crew there is amazing. But this place is cool. I mean, this camp, the the woods.
2: It was like it was like going into like the mist for me. Honestly, I'm used to open marshes, tidal rivers, things like that, more northern stuff. And going into the woods this morning was it was wild. Just taking that boat ride out there was wild to me, to be fair. So, and then obviously standing and next to a tree, watching them coming through the trees, even all the wood ducks over, it was wild.
4: Yeah, and Nick Nick missed our turn. He texted me and said the reason I did that was on purpose. Yeah. I wanted Chris to enjoy an extra <laughs> long boat ride.
2: We're talking about his so, experience. So he got he, the he got into talking about his fish and just missed it. I guess he has a pet fish. That's his. That's his only relationship. So he <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> yeah. Just went right by <laughs> it. Yeah, pet right by it was it. in his boot.
4: Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm like, because like, <laughs> yesterday he's like, "Where are you want to go?" Flip a coin, boss. And I'm like, "We're going to the Mitchell. That was our our lead hole, right?" And so when he went by the turn to our blind today, to our hole today, I'm like this sucker changed his mind again. We're going back to the Mitchell, and then we get up there. He's like, "Did y'all hey. see the deer stand? Did I miss it?" I'm like, "Yeah, bro, it was
3: way back there. <laughs> we're you in know- the Mitchell again." I and mean, you know what? My boat was slow. Right, it was kept bottoming out in a few spots, so we're way behind you. And I'm like, "Man, I, I thought we were going to turn there." And I'm thinking, like, in the woods, I'm like, "There's no cell phone coverage." So, like, if you missed your turn or didn't go that direction, I'm like, well, thank God I can barely (laughs) see their lights in the woods. And then I'm pulling up to you guys and you're coming this way. And I'm like, man, what a nice guy turning his boat around so I can see the headlights on his boat to know where I'm going. And they're like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he started then, then here comes nick yeah man i was just talking i missed my turn i'm like oh, okay yeah He started. Was like, man, i was like i went on to the wrong way. spot
2: <laughs> he was asking you for yeah. that did, did you see that deer <laughs> like, you <laughs> i saw some trees but i don't know we were so I think excited we, did.
5: we were early we were early on schedule and everything and then
3: well we weren't late that's the good news we even missing late. the turd we weren't late Yeah. And
4: I think that the optimism is there because in the woods, it can happen at any time. You just never know what ducks are going to do. When they've been here for a minute. They are going to, you know, you'll see a lot of ducks lighting in the dark. They'll come in there pretty early because they know their way around. They've been there. Mm -hmm. So these woods are imprinted. These neighborhood of woods are imprinted with these ducks. But you don't know if these ducks that are using them today were here last year. So they might just be out scurrying around trying to get a lay of the land.
3: But how interesting, like from that perspective, and you've seen it more than I am, because this is also my first time in the woods, but how interesting was it today when we, you know, we left and just the the way the duck gods work, right? There's always gonna be one group when you're picking your decoys up or when you're leaving, <laughs> the, leaving the hole, right? How interesting was it that while we're sitting there getting ready to move the boats, that two turns and right down in the hole we were just in, like they just wanted to be in that spot you know and like yeah. you said there's 600 acres of flooded woods and other places to go down but I, I thought that was pretty interesting that you know they they wanted to be right there and then i think that the second thing for me that and i asked you yesterday that i thought was crazy interesting was the green wing teal I, I didn't you know never yeah, had of, seen green wing teal or expected them to be in the woods
4: yeah, they were in the hole yeah. in the i yeah. think that thing about your first statement is it's like you get up to take a leak right
3: sure what happens So uh, you don't need to turn the light on well right ducks or i mean
4: there's a reason why terry demon's been so successful with mojo is that the flash of the spinning wings is meant to be a long range attractant and then it's up to you how you utilize it to finish ducks mm-hmm. dry land is completely different than water rivers are completely different than flooded timber marshes are completely different than both of those but if you think about everybody always says that. oh i'm gonna get up to take a leak y'all get ready you, how many du- of your ducks oh. say that y'all get ready to look, see ducks. I'm getting ready to go to the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. It's because ducks respond to movement. So when they're over those, those ducks could have been, saw that just that boat moving in there. Yeah, as we're that's, pulling it in there, that's right? Fair. And they're and when they see that, they become curious and then they're not, they didn't finish no. because we didn't have any finishing power to them. But if we'd have been in there, who knows if we'd have saw those ducks, that's be, if we weren't around moving around and they didn't see something down in there. Yeah. That's an interesting take, right? It is. And I think that it's, how could it not be true?
3: Every time you get up well, to you, lake, know, you get back door. Anytime you, you do, do anything. Or even yeah. – even do I always I, – I think one of the best <laughs> times to get ducks is when the dogs come across the decoys. He's coming back. Same thing. Yeah. They'll land on his head. Yeah. You know? he just shot. He's out there retrieving birds and swirling and all that stuff going on. People talk and expose, and then, and then birds will just come in on that movement. So, yeah, there's probably a lot of
2: validity to that.
4: But at, what this camp, though, how you literally come out of your room into the mud room, oh. into the boat, and then you get into that boat ditch and –
2: Yeah, from – I mean, this morning from room to kitchen right out to changing room to boat is like, you know, what, 20 yards like a total? Yeah. Just walking from just room to room, so. And I was more
3: trusting today because when we got in the boat yesterday and you all took off and I'm like, are they just dumping me off here in the woods? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I was wondering if I wasn't a part of like a cult that hunt, hunts middle aged, a little bit more weight carrying than I need to. <laughs> I'm going to get out here and they're like, all right, you've got 30 minute head start. Go. It, it just turned out I was hunting. So it was good. Uh, what was and movie? you guys took off and I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going. I hope Which this movie? thing just goes straight. Hunger What was that movie? where the don't remember. Hunger, Hunger Games.
2: Games. Well saw it. Yeah, Hunger Games was a version they of it. They fight each other, you know. What so, about you,
4: Anna? This was your first time hunting flooded timber, wasn't it? Yeah.
5: Well, yeah. Real flooded timber. Real flooded timber, yeah.
4: There's only one state I, I feel that has real flooded timber. I think that Tennessee's real. got its spots. I think that Louisiana, South Georgia, there's, there's places that Oklahoma has timber holes. But as far as like tracks of timber that were left here, you know, a lot everywhere that you see in this area was timber at one time pretty much. And it was cleared for rice production, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And those ducks were coming here for years using these trees. And they were imprinted in this area because of the acorns. And then all of a sudden the rice <laughs> explosion happens. And now they have this food source of rice that gives them the ability to eat. But they also have the sanctuary of these trees. And I have always talked to people about why do ducks, mainly mallard ducks, go to flooded timber? And there's a couple of reasons, I think. that The acorns are there, but I think it's more of a security and arrest right. of like birds of prey can't get to them. Exactly. Coyotes can be heard from a mile around and they're usually not in the flooded timber. And they have a they have a place to you know stay guarded yep. throughout the day, and then they go back into that rice at night where birds of prey aren't hunting at night. So they sit there under the moon and they eat that rice until the morning hours, and then they come back into their secured home of the flooded timber, and, and then they find the boogeyman waiting there for them in certain instances. So, but what did you think of it?
5: I loved it. I think it's probably my favorite style of hunting that we do. It was funny because you asked Tater too if it was spooky, you know, like coming in there in the dark and in the trees and the swamp, especially with her singing Marie Laveau after all these years, you know. And she loved it. She Marie felt Laveau. so comfortable out there. You tried to scare Bobby her.
4: Bear. I didn't try to scare her. <laughs> Come and sing that song. Can you sing the first verse of that song, Tater? A little Bobby Bear. You just have it yeah. right up here, a Little Bobby Bear. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Uh oh, she's nervous. <laughs>
1: Down in Louisiana, where the black trees grow, there's a voodoo lady named Marie Laveau. She got a black cat tooth and a mojo bone. If anyone would want to leave her alone, she'd go, hey, another man's has <laughs> <laughs>
3: You know about
1: me so cool. Good for you,
3: Tater. <laughs> she knows all the classics. Yeah, good for
4: you. Tater, did you like being in the woods? Ooh-hoo. What'd you love about it?
1: I just felt very peaceful. Not oh. something scary. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be there than in the city.
4: Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you like being by Axel and taking and hogging his chair? <laughs>
1: yeah, sure. I didn't hog his chair. He oh. pushed me off of it five times today. He did? You you because you were hogging. Room. No, <laughs> yeah, this much true. room is all I get, and there chair chairs this wide. Yeah.
3: For one dog.
1: For one dog. You get one
3: <laughs> cheek on there, huh? Huh?
5: So we were in the boat on the way back, because I know that you have wanted to do this for a long time. All she's never wanted is waiters. I'm like, you don't even need waiters. We live in Georgia. We chase pheasants. So you waited five years. Six. Six. Yep. She's
4: six years she's for a pair of
5: waiters. on Tuesday.
4: <laughs> do you like your new banded waiters? I love them. So you're addicted to duck hunting
3: now.
1: This isn't the first time I started being addicted.
3: You're addicted. starting to get addicted. I mean, this, you picked this, up this calling. There's pretty no such thing more. as working towards oh, yeah. an addiction. Yeah. 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 You're either all in.
1: No, you're started. already all
2: in or you're all <laughs> out, Tater. That's that's Chris, the rule of duck hunting. You Mr. you said you picked up the calling pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to go home and start practicing more because I feel like I got outdone. <laughs> just in general, I wasn't calling today. I, just, I wouldn't have started probably because I would have felt nervous that you just whooped me. Yeah, she just she hammered it. Yeah. And she's running an axle, which is
3: my dog. That's not what oh, she says. Okay. <laughs> That's
4: not what you say. That's not his dog. So, Chris, what <laughs> it, when, when you uh, think about the company you work for, mm-hmm. and you know, I talk to our partners about this all the time, but when you get into a situation to where you get to actually see it in use, use it, know what it's built for. <clears throat> Benelli's a waterfowl company, in my opinion. I know they build great Upland guns. Sporting clays, rifles, I get it. I
5: love my age. Mm-hmm. But it's a
4: duck hunting gun, the Super Black Eagle Three, in my it's a opinion. yeah. It's a workhorse. But how does it make you feel when you see a group of people enjoying their craft and an experience like that? and the company that you put a lot of time and passion into is a big part of that, of the reliability and the consistent success and all that. Benelli plays a huge role in our consistent success. So does, do you think about that during a hunt like that? Or is this, do you kind of leave work behind?
2: No, I, I think about this stuff all the time. I mean, I'm fairly new to the hunting scene in general. I came from ammunition and reloading before this. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get out there as much as possible now, just getting, you know, pretty much fully ingrained into the sport and, you know being out there and doing that stuff with the guns we're using seeing it in action like that's the important thing especially for me like i have to truly believe in what we're selling the products for me to actually have some satisfaction and to get out there and do this whether it's this or you know like i said a marsh hunt or whatever it is where we're using the products and watching these things go to work and be reliable and you know just you know be a part of making the hunt work you know it's, it's awesome it just gives me motivation all the time to get in there and do it so do you
4: pick up on? We do a lot of product testing with Bandit and Avery, and mm-hmm. you know, and what we do. Are you always thinking like that? Of like, well, can I take something back to the Italians? Is there is there a better way? Is there a better gadget? I mean, these things are masterfully crafted. The Italians have. I mean, the, I don't know if you could design a gun like a Benelli, and I know that there's a lot of great shotgun manufacturers out there. Yep. But the way this gun works with the inertia system, and the way it goes together and comes apart. It's a different machine, right? It's a different tool. But are you ever an idea guy? Are you into the product development part of the, of the business?
2: So internally, we're we run very lean. We're much smaller company on the on this side than you know my, most people think. So we're all talking all the time. And you know, I hunt often with the Benelli product manager Brett, and uh, me and him are always going back and forth on you know this would be cool. What can we change with this? You know, between you know the shot, the waterfowl shotguns, upland, the rifles, all that stuff. So. I think a lot of ideas are generated from inside from getting out there and doing it talking with people working with guys like you and just seeing what needs to be done and what work needs to go into it so yeah, any kind of innovation, you know, I always throw a lot out there and sometimes <laughs> stop talking because that's ridiculous or, you know, whatever it is. Or, or sometimes they'll pick up on it and, you know, it's an idea that gets sent up. when it comes back down. You know, we have a lot of partnership with Italy, obviously. So, you know, they have a, a big say in how these things are designed and developed. But, you know, this is the American market and they take what we say and they, they run with it sometimes as well.
4: And on the other part of the spectrum, um, you being new to hunting, you said, mm-hmm. and you you love waterfowl hunting you've told me are you doing the same thing in your mental notebook of all right the you know whether it's shadows or the decoy spread or the spinning wings or the calling and the vocalizations and are you constantly putting together a little (coughs) journal of how
2: to's and what you want to work on or get better out to get that skill set there i'm doing nothing but observing like all that stuff from kicking the water to when you guys were doing it versus whether they're passing or any, any any little thing like that i'm just trying to absorb as much as i can you know Just for me hunting in general, but you know I'm always curious on why somebody's doing this or why some because everyone hunts different, and uh, from hunting with so many different people, just you know through Benelli and you know on my own watching why somebody does something is like that's a huge question i ask myself so uh, out here 100 percent metal notes you know go back then i'll talk with other people about hey they're doing this down there you know what do you think about that and give it a try and see if it works for you know me or anybody else so
4: you shoot a lot of guns st john in your whole career yep. 23 years in the military professional shooter um we don't need to go into your accolades because we only got a few minutes here not a few days <laughs> that's kind um of you. that's fair right yeah that's fair <laughs> um you're a Benelli fan, even though you Huge. work for
3: another gun manufacturer, but you're a waterfowl hunter at heart. You, you love waterfowl hunting. Well, it's funny. I'm not even really, I always tell people I'm not a gun guy. You know, I mean, I feel like if I got arrested on the local news and they opened up my safe and laid it out, I would look like America's worst terrorist. but I'm still not a gun guy. <laughs> you know, a guy has 40 or 50 guns, but he's not a gun guy. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what I mean? And so, um, but I am a shotgun guy really the one of the things that's really, that I like to do in my life, it's very emotional for me is like, I take my father's shotgun hunt he's no longer with me i take my stepfather's shotgun hunt with me i take my mom's shotgun hunting that i bought first when she wanted to get into hunting with me once a year and i take a friend of mine uh jared van also got killed overseas i take his shotgun hunt with me all the time right or at least once a year i go put a little bit on there and have a hunt with each one of those individuals because they were important to me in my life um and then the other thing is is i'm i'm a hardcore benelli fan um, I'm shooting a Super Black Eagle 2 that Rob's gone through twice. I don't want to get rid of it. doesn't have a bead in it. You know, the vented rib's got a bend in it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've wore the finish off it twice. Um, I was shooting a Montefeltro 20-gauge. My wife shoots a Mono-Feltro. Um, Jeez, I, I had a 2 Super 90 back when they were, you know, that was the deal. I probably have probably six or seven of your shotguns. And, and it's because I believe in them. You know, when, when you're a gun person, you have to believe... Whether your life depends on it or whether your enjoyment depends on it, you have to believe in what you're carrying. And I thought it was interesting, you know, when Chad was talking to you about how was it to go out in the woods with your product and be, be around it. I, You know, I think it's actually even cooler that there's seven or eight people in the woods today and every one of them's carrying a Benelli and you didn't bring their Benelli's, they brought their own Benelli's. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing in those woods but Benelli's. And no. everyone I hunt with some a Benelli guy <laughs> or a gal. You know, everyone that I'm around is with Benelli's. I thought it was interesting as well when you were talking about your product management team, and and, and me being in the firearms industry, I, I see there's there's two places that it has no shortage of opinions, and that's product product management, product development, and then marketing. Right, everyone's got an opinion on how they can do those things the right way, and um, I'm sure you're just as fortunate as we are to work with you know some of the most exceptional teams in product development and really open-minded individuals that you know really go out within industry and. End users and, and get that feedback to improve their products constantly. And I see that in your in your product line as well as ours. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Benelli fan. Why? Am I a huge Benelli fan? Mm. Man, I'm gonna tell you right now, the reason I, that Black Eagle 2's gone through two finishes is when I pick it up, me and her just get along. I mean mm-hmm. I, I I don't, pick, I, don't I don't I don't I don't pick it up <laughs> I don't I don't pick her up all summer. I, I get ready to much. go to Canada and I pick her up about the week before and I'm like, Oh, I missed you. I mean, I put her in my shoulder. The, my head lands right where it's supposed to. It just points where I'm looking, and, you know, that's, that's the reason. I mean, I'd almost be afraid to move on from, like, to a Black Eagle three from my gun. From just her. From, from her, her, right, yep. Now, I, I do, now I do shoot an ultralight. I shoot an ultralight 12 that Rob did, and, man, that's a killing rascal. I don't know what it is about it, but it stones them, and you've hunted a lot of pheasants. That's a tough bird, yeah. you know, but I don't know what it is about that gun. It just stones them, and so me and her get along as well.
5: Well, I picked Um, them. But I
3: don't tell my Black Eagle I got a little thing on the side, (laughs) on the Upland side. Well,
5: I had to switch all of them, right? So Mm -hmm. my Waterfall gun, Upland gun, and Target gun all at once. And that usually is a massive transition. Yeah. But I had instant success all three times. And then even with the Upland gun, I ended up shortening my barrels to 26 inches, which I was personally so nervous about it. Yeah. But when you get in the field, like... You don't think about it really, but your brain can still mess with you, you know, when oh, you're shooting like mm-hmm. that. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I think I just became a 26-inch barrel fan.
2: I mean, you, I, that's, I'm a 26-inch barrel I love 26-inch. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure, 100%. <laughs> that, that comes so up a lot, well. too, 26 versus 28. And well, I mean, today – I would
5: never have done it. I would today
2: with shot tried.
3: shell development and everything that's gone on there and then aftermarket chokes. I mean – Those
5: Rob Roberts chokes.
4: Yeah,
3: but after – I mean, that's it, right? I mean, you consider what it used to be like to have a – Factory troke and really underdeveloped ammunition twenty five years ago. But think about that though: is like people were still killing them. Now lead, oh, yeah. lead, and steel. That's yeah. I'm, I'm talking kind of that steel but, window when it was brand new. People have been killing ducks for a long time. Oh, now, and, he, and I always ask myself,
4: well, how the hell did they kill ducks? They don't have Rob Roberts doing this. They yeah, don't man. have Federal doing this. They don't have this <laughs> penel again. It's like they were still killing them. Absolutely. So the advancement is—is is it warranted? Everything transitions development is always going to keep, you know, transitioning and increasing and and becoming, you know, way higher level. But when you think about that, both of you think about this when you're hunting a lot and you're getting into hunting more, you think about it on the decoy side of things the motion side of things, think about the education of the animals oh, that yeah. they're getting, right? Yeah. Um, shooters have become better because we we have better gear. Whether you're a bow hunter, you're shooting sure. a bow that goes 450 feet a second and they cost... I mean, bows are like 2,500 bucks now.
3: Yeah, with, You know, with, with everything on them, right? With, with almost 90% let off, holding 70 pounds with two fingers, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like it's nuts, good. right? Of how far it's come. It's
4: almost, yeah. might as well shoot a rifle. And I, I know that Wadiel's going to say, building, shut up. But um, are we... I mean, do you think like it's easier because we have the gear to do it or have we developed or nurtured a smarter animal?
3: Well, just backing up a little bit on the aftermarket chokes and the shot shell development, like if you go back to lead, I mean, a lead shot shell, is there is there much left to do to a lead shot shell? It didn't change much in 50 years, went from paper to plastic. Yeah. You know, and, and the wad stayed relatively the same. And I'm if I'm insulting people that have developed wads and shotguns, I don't know enough to say that, just in a generalization. But I think a lot of technology had to catch up when we went to non-toxic, right? Like, you know, when you moved into the first amount of steel shot, it was so, I mean, when, and it was so drastic to come from lead to steel. I was just a young kid, but I mean, heck, people still talk about it 30 years later. You know, and so I, I think you see the advancement of steel shot from that early yeah. steel development to where it is today and, and, and I think it's tuned. I mean, I I I was stoning I stoned a duck today with a twenty gauge With black cloud number fours and a T1 choke, a pretty open choke, but at 40 yards and stoned it dead, stoned it, stoned it. And then, you know, yesterday I shot another one at probably 35 yards and just puffed it with that. And I was like, man, I'm, I might be, I might be a new 20 gauge hunter because it's hard to get away from a 12 gauge. It really is for me, at least. So in that specific realm, I think there has to, there's had to have been some advancements because it's relatively new technology. But the flip side of it, I would say, man, I mean, the, the birds have to be smarter. I mean, the, the the game has to be harder. There's more um, pressure on them. Way more pressure on them. right? And then
4: you have like decoys that look just like them. Oh, you have all the motion. It's it's and you got these technology. You got the the ability with these apps and travel now. And you can you think about this? You would mentioned going to Canada every year, which is usually September October for ninety percent of the Americans that that go north of the border into really Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, or Alberta. And I haven't been in this game very long. I started duck hunting when I was 27 years old, right? So I've been in it 20 years. And I don't remember Canada really being a thing when I got into it. I remember when Tim Ground started going up there and filming Get Down, Cover Up. And then you would go into the back of like an Outdoor Life magazine or Wildfowl magazine. And and you'd you'd see a little little square. Come hunt Canada's. And I'm like, where's Saskatchewan? What is that? But it was never. Now it's a thing. But I don't think it's been a thing for that long. Do you agree? Well, yeah, but you know what? Did your
3: dad go to Canada? No. Fishing was a huge deal. He went there. once. But but, but we're from just below Minnesota, so that's kind of a a, a realizable thing, right? And fishing was always there. But, hell, 30 years ago, people didn't jump on a plane like they do now either, Mm. Chad. I mean, the world's changed from that perspective, right? I mean, people fly to their job Monday and come home on Friday across the darn country. So, like... Like, I remember when my mom came to visit me in Georgia in the 90s, and she was like, that was my first plane ride, you know? And, and my kid's been on more plane rides than my mother had been, and she's only nine at this point, you know? And so I think the world's your perspective has changed, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're going to come from Nevada to Saskatchewan, you're like, man, that's a 48 hour drive, you know, or however it's a, it'd be a haul. Yeah, 38 38 <laughs> yeah, yeah a right? Lot. So, yeah, a lot. so, you know, I, I, but now I would say is, man, so many things have changed. The other thing I would say is, disposable income for a lot of folks 40 years is different than it was for my folks and my friends and the family okay okay okay.
4: Let, now you've taken travel and disposable income but yeah but I don't even know yeah that, but there wasn't desire there, I don't think but there wasn't a lot of outfitters up there no it? I don't know when it got uh, it, it'd be a good study to know when Canadians went like here's a good it's a story for you the founder of Avery that started in 1994 I'm not going to say any names I don't care about any of that I do care about him but he was at whitetail hunting in Canada and he literally looked at the outfitter that we still hunt with to in this day
3: rags, yeah.
4: and they were driving back from a deer stand. And, and this guy's looking around, he's like, "Everywhere." do you know what you're sitting on here? And the guy's like, what do you mean? And he's like, these geese and all these ducks and all these pea fields, do you know? <laughs> he goes, never thought about it. He goes, you need to start. So that guy sends another friend of mine up there to film and boom. Here we are 20 years later, right now, 23 years later since our first trip up there in 2000. And the guy runs 400 hunters through there a year. That was back in 2001 when that happened. Okay. And that guy was not guiding for waterfowl up there, just whitetail and bears. Yep. So I I
3: think it's relatively pretty new. Oh, so a friend of mine, Donnie Hall, and he worked with Tim up there at Burns's and and, then the crab orchard area. And I believe it's either 94 or 97 He was the first American to receive an outfitter's license to be sold to him in in Saskatchewan.
4: Late 90s. So 94
3: or 90s. No sooner 94, but I think 97. We were just talking about it. Of course, I forget the exact details, but he, you know, they, it might have been Tim that helped convince like you know the tourism board that you know there's a lot of money that could come up here if you had american outfitters because they the word like you said it was well there was no internet so like you said you open up the back outdoor life you know and as a dreamer as a young kid you'd get in the back and be like oh i'd love to hunt there that that must be good hunting real foot what's real foot lake i bet that's something you know and you would read an article here or there and so you know 1997's you know that's what 26 years ago it's not that long ago yeah you know and then not that folks weren't going up there already, but, you know, that's, that's when study. I think it took off. But right? again, I mean, like how much,
4: how much pressure is put on the birds because of oh. the Canada explosion? The pressure starts there.
3: Well, think about North Dakota today compared to 25 years ago as yeah, well. And
4: then you got North Dakota. I mean, you got eastern Montana and western North Dakota now, you know, on the Missouri. That's unbelievable for waterfowl hunting. And, and, and it's another good study of what areas in this country have a high tourism rate for waterfowling so you had the chesapeake bay at one time you know but when the limit goes to one bird i don't think many people yeah. travel there this is the number one area in the country right here where we're yeah, at right yeah. now mm-hmm. private jets and commercial planes are coming into whether it's stuttgart or little rock and they're you know celebrities to everybody wants to yeah. hunt the flooded timber and hunt stuttgart be at the duck capital of the world the rice capital world the world duck coin championships we what we just experienced duck gumbo all of that but really, are there any other places in the country? Like, you hear about Devil's Lake, but only the diehards really go there. I don't know if there's a huge tourism rate in North Dakota. And I know there's not in South Dakota because you have to draw drive there. But let's, like, take Sacramento, California, for example. It's easy to get to. They got a terrible reputation for politics, but they have some of the absolute best waterfowl hunting and all-around hunting in the country and nobody you never hear anybody go oh yeah i'm flying into sacramento to go let yeah. the butte sink right it's always i'm going to maryland to the eastern shore i'm going body booting or i'm going to stuttgart
3: yeah and I, you know i'm like i said since i'm from northern iowa you know like that trip to north dakota probably started 12 15 years ago for you know my friends uh, not with me but my friends used to go up there um, every year every other year or so and you know i went with them three years ago uh, for my first time up there and that was COVID year. Um, so it was a little extra busy maybe because of that because you couldn't get yeah. into to Canada. Everyone yeah. had the itch, but they say just a dozen years ago, you'd go up there and it was completely different environment. You know, we went to a town called Rugby. I think it's a Geographic Center of North America. That's kind of a little claim to fame. They got a little statue there. And I think they have two, maybe three hotels, book solid, 7 by 14 trailers as far as you could park them, and everyone going every cardinal direction in the middle of October. So it's definitely that part of the country. Now, a lot of Wisconsin hunters, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Minnesota hunters, Minnesota, yeah. Iowa, Nebraska going up that direction because it's a 10, 12-hour drive depending mm-hmm. where you're coming from. But I don't think it's the person that lives in North Carolina that gets and says, hey, I'm going to go fly but that, to North Dakota. But a lot of the got. customers
4: in the outfitter in this this state Absolutely. is Carolina, Georgia. Well, you know, the wood duck states, the states that oh, don't
3: really get the... Well, batteries. I live in Georgia, right? Yeah, you're a Georgia guy. I drive here literally every weekend I can. Some years it's every weekend. I leave Thursday night, hunt Friday, Saturday, Sunday, drive back home. I drive from, you know, Columbus, Georgia you know, up through Birmingham over to Memphis. I think what's that 22 that runs there and going, I probably probably see 25 trailers every day going and coming on Sunday. I probably see 35 or 40. I only see 20 on the way up because I'm leaving on Thursday. If I was going on Friday, I'd see 35 or 40. And it's just, it's a corridor that 22 going from Atlanta to Memphis and hitting Memphis and going like that it's just a corridor duck hunters every friday and every sunday and i laugh because it's you know it's two lab boxes in the back you know uh you know excel boat with an outboard on the back or a surface drive you know two three dozen and you when know you,
5: when you see the dog trailer and their and tater are like oh we gotta speed up do we know them yeah yeah of course right
3: but it's it's you know and every time you hit the the truck stop it's like how'd you do where are you going and you know it's kind of funny like when you go to saskatchewan right you you're you hit minneapolis you know minneapolis used to have a minneapolis to saskatoon flight all the time it's hard to get that one coming in but anytime you get to a place that's going into saskatoon like it's it's the whole the whole plane in the fall is full of duck hunters the whole plane. the whole plane like you can't like the whole plane there is maybe i would say 10 to 20 percent of the people just arbitrary numbers on the flight that are going to see relatives or going home it's all duck hunters it's all everyone's carry-ons their blind bag Right, and you know, like, and every, and everyone, and when you get to uh, Saskatoon, it's. 25, 30 gun cases coming off that flight. And four days later, you're just getting on a plane and a, a fresh butt's getting out and you're swapping and heading south for what, six, eight weeks.
2: Yeah. I mean, this time of year, you're just in like the Atlanta airport or DC airport or any of those airports, I see just as much
6: camo bandit,
2: bandit, exactly. <laughs> All bandit. All bandit. Just rolling around. Just rolling around.
5: Well, <laughs> yesterday when we were at I was thrilled to get to see a crew of 20-year-old, like 25-year-old kids from home that were out here that just saw us there and we knew them. But there was a lot of young hunters in the story yesterday. So think
4: about that too, about what Anna just said and what you guys are saying. Arkansas has touted itself the duck capital of the world. Yep. Come to Stuttgart to do what? Hunt ducks. ducks Come it. visit our outfitters. Come visit the museum. Go watch the World Duck. Attend Duck yep. Gumbo. Go to Max Prairie Wings. They've touted it mm-hmm. the duck capital of the world. Come here bring all of your people here. And then we all come here and yeah. then they go, get the hell out of here. What are you doing? Like, like you're not allowed to hunt on certain days, which I get it, okay? Yeah, I'm not course, bitching. Of course, course, But we, they asked for it. Sure. Like in North Carolina, you don't sit there and go, Roy Williams or Dean Smith told me to go duck hunting over there by Chapel Hill. No, you went there to watch a Tar Heel game, yeah, right? Yeah. When Jordan was playing. Sure. Whoever. Anybody. What do you go to North Carolina for if you're not a banker? I'm just asking. I'm not being sold. What's it North for?
5: Nasty.
4: NASCAR. The home of NASCAR. NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. That's it. So NASCAR. Gonna... They asked for it to come here. They asked for us to come here for years. Oh. And then all of a sudden, you're like, my, my point in saying this is, do locals... When you visit, when you would describe that highway of all these people coming here no. to use their boat ramps to hunt their ducks, quote unquote, their yeah. ducks, they don't like it. No, they hate it because they were born here. We weren't lucky enough to be yeah. duck hunters that weren't lucky enough to be born in Arkansas, which I wouldn't want to live in the Grand Prairie in the summer. Love it here in the, in the yeah, fall yeah. and the winter, but it, I don't want anything it's to a do whole with the different house, house and in the hundred degree days and the humidity. Mm. But um, <laughs> but don't you think like they asked for it, and now it's almost like, do they really want us here or not? They're welcoming, don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, there's things being done in states now. Kansas is passing laws Mm -hmm. of when locals or when non-residents can hunt. South South Dakota is a draw system. Do locals want us here?
3: Well, you know, it's funny, being from (laughs) northern Iowa, I live, I I grew up 28 miles from the Minnesota border. And, you know, like regionally where we're at, this two, three county area, you know, for me is is some of the best pheasant hunting there is, especially when the CRP is there. Well, you know, Minnesota has a two bird limit and you get, seem to, I don't know this for sure, but you get 45 minutes north of the Iowa, Minnesota border and the the pheasant population just dumps in Minnesota. And so we have all of the Minnesota hunters come down and hunt all of our public. And you know, they're, we're just like a dog. We've peed on our bush and we think it's our property and our land. But you know, as an older, (laughs) as an older individual, you know, you understand the impact of the economy, but it is funny. I go to Iowa just in Iowa last week, pheasant hunting and I'm like, damn, out of staters, effing Minnesota you know because that's how i grew up and here i am with georgia tags you know, driving <laughs> all over. i'm like damn out-of-state hunters i'm like but you haven't lived in the state in 25 years i'm like but i'm home but i think it's probably the same thing here i mean the place is legendary for in hospitality on public hunting areas for out-of-state hunters right i mean there's plenty of folklore that comes from that right i mean you don't want to be the first one on the boat ramp being an out-of-state hunter you're you're going to get an earful and oh when i did i told you i just don't even try anymore and i it's but i think a lot of locals don't do it either because i think it's you know it's always a madhouse anyways right but what about
4: what we what about what we what about what we do you know like let's ask chris this he's works in the gun industry you want to promote the benelli brand or sig sour you know and we're talking about your guys' brands are banded um we have a 13-year a relationship with Benelli as our title sponsor of showcasing <laughs> this gear and not just the gear and the product, but the lifestyle of what Benelli stands for. Mm-hmm. Is it okay for us to go film in Idaho and Iowa and, oh, and North cool. Dakota and, and shed light on these places to get somebody's, you know, their, their curiosity going, like, I'm going to go there? Because a lot of a lot of the messages that we would get, and a lot of this was in the, in the early days, was stay out of Kansas. Stay out of Oklahoma. Get the hell out of it, right? Because they don't want to lose their resource of what they had. I'm a, I, am I come from mule deer country, Nevada, big elk and big sheep. It's hard to get a tag. You got to draw. You have to apply. You get preferential points. You got to buy a governor's tag. You got to buy a landowner tag. They make it difficult for residents, not just non-residents, yeah, but yeah, for residents, residents yeah. to be consistently successful in the draw. So. Water. Is it okay doing what we do and showcasing what waterfowl has to offer in all these areas, Chris? Do you want us doing that? Or is a local, do you want us like don't come to Maryland? We want our own crabs and we want our own geese. You know that you know that kind of yeah. attitude.
2: No, I mean people in general are just very tribal in nature. So like if it's not us, say the Arkansas or wherever, you know, these are our birds or whatever it is, like, you know, people just naturally gravitate to doing that kind of stuff but no i think in terms of the overall sport of things and conservation and all that you know showcasing everyone's different locality you know different versions of hunting that other people are doing around the country i think that's a great thing i think uh being able to go from connecticut where i'm from and seeing well first of all connect being the second small state that's all we have is out of staters. like it's the uh, hub through so people coming around and you guys showcasing all over the place like that's what it's supposed to be like we should be sharing the opportunity there should be shared experience your shared stories things like that and i mean as long as we're all doing it and we're all staying as a community and like maintaining a community feel across the country uh, i think it's a better thing for the sport and, as a whole and I think so, it's better for us to be able to you know like, it's fight i agree 100 well, like percent. I, I agree with well that and,
3: and you know it's kind of funny because like what i would say and this is just kind of an analogy but you know i live in georgia and it in the in the terms of duck hunting country, it's Roll a th- it's, it's a third. We
5: kick you out. It's a
3: third world duck hunting country, right there. It is not you know nobody lists. I don't know where you. It's not a top 10 percent. More like a bottom 10 percent duck hunting. I'm not saying that there's not great duck hunting there. That there's small areas there, but you know think about the sport of waterfowling. I mean you have to have destinations for it to be where it needs to be, and for the sport to stay healthy. I mean, you need to have an across the country presence and across the country doesn't have ducks. I mean, there's ducks everywhere, but there's not the experiences everywhere, right? You go Mm -hmm. to Georgia, you can shoot. I think someone made a comment today in the woods, you know, because we were covered up in wood ducks and we were talking about that earlier of like, I feel like I'm hunting in Georgia and I'm like, no, you ain't. (laughs) You hear me? I'm like, no, you're not. This ain't Georgia. You know, not that we don't have the wood ducks down there, but that's all we have. You know, not all, but it really it's all yeah. we have. Right. And so that is really like you awesome. well, got some early season. Cannabis. And it, it's kind of like the holistic You know, when we've talked before, Chad, with the alignment of of our brands is when you talk about the holistic approach of of the outdoor sports and and kind of bringing this in just in Waterfowl in general. But, you know, the squirrel hunter and the duck hunter and the rabbit hunter and the pronghorn hunter and the whitetail hunter, they're all the same. And you have to have that entire community for the health of what we're trying to accomplish. And that's what I I love
4: about like people like Safari Club Mm -hmm. is that, you know, they're fighting for hunters rights behind the scenes every day. And they've always been known as you hear the word Safari which means you know yep. an excursion but yep. it doesn't just mean Africa yep. you know they're fighting for squirrel hunters and rabbit hunters and I say that to say this is that the infighting and the hate or whatever it is the jealousy the envy or don't come into our area be respectful sure you know, when you're in a bowling alley and sure. you have what you call etiquette you know and you mm-hmm. let the person on your right go first so you're not in their backswing and if you and I know that bowling's a far stretch but I was just in we were
5: just bowling, bowling in Wisconsin
4: <laughs> And there was people with no etiquette, and you just want to, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, that's not how you bowl, but people don't learn etiquette. Trying to break 100 over here. (laughs) (laughs) We're from Georgia.
5: We learn
3: all
4: about this. We're going to get back to this, (laughs) but we stay in our own little nook and cranny right down here in Prairie Wings, and this place is special. But before we let my man Chris go... With Benelli, he's got to go catch a plane because he's got to get back to build guns and come up with more ideas for the future, of Benelli. Play more ben. um, Last night I watched. You're not a very big guy. You're probably what, maybe 195. One. Um,
2: like, yeah, exactly that. Actually. I'm
4: pretty good guess, huh? It's pretty good. You you ate some massive amounts of food last night. Like <laughs> one of your plates was almost heavier than tater.
3: Yeah. yeah. So. So one, so we went back for the second round. Yeah, the second second one was bigger than the first.
4: So let's say we're going to bring the chef in here in a minute when you take off. But we had pizza. We had Asian egg rolls. We had nachos, tacos, grilled duck. Phenomenal grilled duck. And the, the egg rolls, the pizza... Which one am I missing? Yeah, that's Wait, it. We have, we have
1: Wait, it I
3: did everything confit. We have
1: nachos. <laughs> nachos, tacos, yep. egg Con rolls,
4: confit. and the confit. Mm-hmm. And that was all mallard ducks that were killed right here in these in the flooded timber prairie wings. You're new to this, yep. but that's one of my favorite things about getting to do what we get to do, is the the, the culinary part of it. Yeah. Was that amazing or what?
2: Yes. First of <laughs> standard easy answer, yes. Um, you know, I'm not new to eating wild game, Firstly, I grew up with it and stuff like that. but. Man, the variety that we had last night <laughs> was ridiculous. It's killing you know, all put together, all great. You know, I don't know which, which one was a better prepared version because you go from one to the other and now that's your favorite. So, yeah, all together, just amazing preparation for it. And just, you know, I, I, I love Mallard. I love Duck in general. And it was I love being unorthodox. I love great. thinking
4: out of the box. My man Nick does that. And that's who's yeah. going to be joining us right after the break, to listen to another awesome episode of the Foul Life podcast. We're going to let my man Chris with Benelli simply perfect go chris thank you for being here i appreciate the opportunity every time hey we're gonna do it again right always we're gonna break a couple messages pay the bills a little bit check out these words from our partners and sponsors we'll be right back with more of the foul life podcast
0: Every shotgun tells a story. What does yours say about you?
3: When you're a gun person, you have to believe whether your life depends on it or whether your enjoyment depends on it. You have to believe in what you're carrying. I'm a hardcore Benelli fan. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, the reason I, that Black Eagle 2 has gone through two finishes is when I pick it up, me and her just get along.
0: Today's broadcast of The Foul Life with Chad Belding is brought to you in part by Corning Ford, Lear, The Provider, Greenhead Gear Decoys, and Cowboy Choice Feeds. Chad and the Foul Life Hunter pack will return after the break stay tuned
4: it's called benelli's the foul eye for a reason we love benelli they are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns all shotguns for that matter in my opinion but when you start talking about duck blinds goose blinds lay down blinds panel blinds pit blinds the debris the wear and tear everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season whether it's a 60-day duck season in the south where you start up north and north of the border in canada alberta saskatchewan and follow the migration south some of us myself included hunt over 120 days a year and every single time i squeeze that benelli trigger it goes bam i'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family and when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and 28 gauge, whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform, they're simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the Fowl Life. they are 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship? Thank you, Benelli. Thank you all for supporting Benelli. And I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good, that Benelli dealer, that store, and say, let me shoulder that Super Black Eagle. And now you can do it in so many gauges, the sub-gauges included. We're fired up. Good luck this season. Stay safe out
0: there and shoot straight. Shoot Benelli. When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element, motion. Ducks have sharp eyes, and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures, and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks attention and mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking so if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind embrace the power of motion decoys with mojo and head for mojooutdoors.com today the answer 12
4: it's our new foul life edition safe gun storage system from our friends at secure it Brand new design, so much room, so much organization, so much potential, so many options. You can see videos on our YouTube, on episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We do everything with our Secure It Answer 12 Foul Life Edition Safe. Check them out at secureit.com right now and design your own. Get the cubbies, get the shelves, get the bungees, get the magnetic hanging hooks. You got plenty of room for 12 long guns in there and the organization that you can do with everything from knives to binos to dog training equipment to sporting clay equipment to eyewear, ear protection, all of your chokes, all of your sights, everything that you want. You can organize it for different times of the year. It might be dog training season. It might be sporting clay season. It might be duck season. It might be turkey season. Organize it. It is a safe built for the shotgunner. My friends, Tom, Chris, everybody in New York at Secure It helped me design this safe. Our crew went to work on it and we have come up with a configuration that will allow you to make it your own. Comes with the magnet set, with the foul life, with labs and ducks and flocks working geese working ducks the fowl Life edition Secure It Answer 12 Safe is available right now at secureit.com check us out this coming February at the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention in Nashville, Tennessee we will have more of them on site on display like we did last year in our booth it's going to be magnificent I hope you get a chance to get your hands on your own organize it the way that you see fit and when you open those doors and see what you've created it's going to give you even more energy even more aura even more enthusiasm for this unbelievable lifestyle that we get to live as an american shotgunner american duck hunter turkey hunter upland hunter dog trainer let's do it get the answer 12 foul life edition right now at secure you can't go wrong with it thank you so much secure it and thank you all so much for supporting the brands that support us here at the foul life podcast and the foul life tv
0: all right, we're back. The Foul life podcast. Thank y'all for being here. Again, we're coming live at you. Innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower.
4: I started banding. I started the Foul Life. I started dead dog walking. I started jargon. I started the provider. I started all of this stuff that we have with American almond beef and cowboy choice and all this stuff, and it's not an arrogance. It's like we did
6: this. You're the George of duck hunter
5: now. The dolly partner of the wing shooting world. It's like it doesn't get any bigger than that, yeah. right? She trailed one,
0: one get any bigger? Welcome back to the conclusion of the Foul Life with Chad Belding, featuring special. Special guests, Tater, Anna V, Chris, Jason, and Nick. This exclusive broadcast is supported by Benelli, Yukonuba, and Avery Outdoors. Now, back to the show.
4: All right, we're back. Fowl Podcast. Thank you all for being here. Again, we're coming live at you. Where are we at? Prairie Wings. Stuttgart, Arkansas. Prairie Wings Duck Club. I've been coming here a decade now. It never gets old. Have you had fun, Tater? Mm-hmm. Did you like the food last night?
1: Yes, I
4: did. You like the wild game?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: What was your favorite last night? Do you have one? The tacos were your favorite?
5: Because you went nuts about the pizza. Yeah, but I
4: liked it. The pizza was good, huh? <laughs> tacos are great. All right, Nick, how do you pronounce your last name? L-A-W-H-O-N. L-A-W-H-O-N. And you're the head chef here now. Yes, you're taking sir. over from my man, Billy Bogey. Yes, sir. Giving him a break. I love Billy Bogey. He, I'm so glad we got to see him yesterday and today. You got What's your background in culinary?
6: Uh, culinary school at UATPC. Uh, my internship in upstate Vermont under Felipe De Crow, uh, Chef Sam Choi from Hawaii, and Jamie McAfee at Pine Bluff Country Club. At where? Pine Bluff Country Club. Oh, I've been to Pine Bluff Country Club. When you get a degree in culinary, and you're and you're trained in culinary, what does that consist of? Do you specialize? Uh, we we do butchering, we do bacon, we do everything. So seafood. You, you got to do meat and seafood. You got to do bacon. You do uh, food one, two, and three, and then your presentation. So you're master with a knife? I can cut something other than my finger. <laughs> I'm pretty
4: envious of butchers. Yeah, I like, good? but my godfather was a butcher.
6: I, I mean, it's a mad skill. It's crazy uh, of uh, oh, the meat that most people throw away that people like us that go to learn this, we use. Yeah. Like duck legs. Love duck legs, fried duck legs. Comfy duck legs or gumbo. And you French them, and then you do them like asabuco, and stand them up on a plate. They're sexy. Why didn't we do that this week? Yeah. Give me some duck legs. We should have some from today. I mean, are they already gone? I don't know. If they're not, we can. That sounds so good. I love duck legs. Do you eat sweetbreads? Does that
4: name ring a bell? The uh, thymus Mm -hmm. gland of a steer? It's a Basque breast. No. Basque dish? No. It's really good. It's the thymus glands of a cow. In the bath uh, settlement, really, they eat everything. The tripe, the stomach lining, they sure. eat the tongue, sure. the brain.
6: Well, I've seen them uh, take the uh, intestines and stuff them. And, of course, boudin. Yeah. yeah. I love boudin. And they stuff, you know, watched them stuff boudin one day and I was like, this is a little on the silly side because these, a bunch of people were from Louisiana and they use every part of what the What do
4: duck. they call that? What do they call that? No. Oh. <laughs>
1: what
6: do they, what do they call that? Um,
4: come on, help me out here. What do they call the Barbieri there's a name that Louisianans call that day where they do the blessing and then the stuffing of the boudin i wouldn't i don't know,
6: I, I don't know that either but i could call somebody and Bar- ask them i don't know hey, can Googling i get a fact check
4: on that luke do you mind i know that you're not working right now but there's <laughs> <coughs> there's there's an experience in louisiana it's a it's a fe- it's not a festival but it's a it's a private gathering
5: a tradition.
4: It's a tradition where you get in, in and I got invited to one to come back down there and do it. And I'm going to do it. I need to text my guys that are here now and ask them <laughs> what it's called. Barbieri? Bart? I know I'm close. I hope I'm close. It's probably not even on Google.
6: <coughs> um and, and I'm telling you, when you go down there, they go on a coot shoot. Oh, the, the, the livers? The lo- They
4: love coot. What's that Louisiana dish called that they put the coot in? You remember? See, I know all this. Nothing. I've been down there Nothing. so much. No, the the coot livers. Yeah, they, are popular in a dish down there.
6: But to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you what it is, but Gosh. they're wild and they eat everything out of a duck. Yeah, I was When they you clean know. a duck, they clean the whole thing. They a keep lot of people every say you single thing.
3: You, you know, you you bring that up about the coot livers and I was on a hunt in Lake Seminole, Georgia, which is right on the Alabama, Florida, Georgia corner right there or Florida, Georgia line. Oh, is, is that a, a group? Or We've
5: been there, yeah. haven't we, kid? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh, and there was a family oh, down there. It was a family. It was a father and his th- three sons. And you know, Lake Seminole just winters tens and tens and tens of thousands of oh, coots, sure. right? Plus thousands of canvas backs, and that's what yeah. everyone's on the lake after. And uh, man, they were into him. He's like, "We've had the best hunt." I said, "Well, how are you doing?" You get, we're getting a limit every day. We're, we're pulling eighty coots a day. And he's like, "We're here for three days. We're gonna." get our season limit and we're going home and you know i'd never heard of anything like that you know and i was like man i thought i was in the twilight zone i'm like i thought he was effing with me for real and dude he opened up he got in the boat and i was like there was a, i'm like i can't imagine killing or was cleaning 80 coots and i boy, mean, and they were stoked they, it, they were pumped i mean he was like we come here once a year to put all this in the freezer I'm telling you, and they use every, I mean, I thought he was effing with me. you, you got to understand part. why someone would think that, right? In every part never heard of it. Before.
6: Yeah. When they clean these things, and up here, we you know, we don't even mess with them. No. They take everything out of the cavity, the heart, the liver, the gizzard, the whole thing, the neck, and they dip it in this wax oil stuff. They grab it by the bill and the tip of the wing, and they drip it in this hot, melting, molting wax and pull it out, and that way the skin stays on it.
2: So they, pluck, they hot wax pluck
6: it. Yep, sir. Yeah. And then
3: when they do the cavity, yep. everything. You know, it's funny when you talk about. They make blood sausage out of the You pit. bring that up and you talk about how you clean ducks. I was thinking the other day is when we were getting ready to clean just yesterday, Chad, I'm like, you know, I didn't know you could do anything but pluck a duck or a goose for probably the first five or six years of my waterfowl hunting, you know, because I'd go hunt with my family and they'd go, you know, have a cocktail and. There sure. you go. That's how I got to go hunt. Right, go pluck the ducks, clean the ducks, everything like that. I thought you could only pluck them, and I think I was probably like twenty something years old, early twenties. And someone's like, "We should just breast these geese," <laughs> and I'm like, "What the heck's that?" You know, I had no clue. No idea. Well, it kind of shows, you know, like, you know, think of the first time someone showed you how to split, split sure. a duck. For you sure. never knew how to split sure. a duck For You'd pluck that out or, you know, cut it and spit it. And, you know, you didn't know. You just push you on know, the you breast. You don't
4: breast. always have to keep the skin and fat on, but. No, no. Well, did you but find it? sure it is gold. Yeah. So it's the uh, the tradition of the boucherie, the communal butchering of pigs. So they get there and they do the entire, the blood I sausage, the boudin, that. and, and it's boudin all these boudin families come together. Yeah, oh, he did one. And I've been invited on it. So I want to go to a boucherie. B O U C H E R I E, Boucherie. So, yesterday, before we move on to what we experienced in Stuttgart, I want to get into some of the recipes you did. The, the Cajun slaw, or not the Cajun slaw, the Asian slaw that went into the egg rolls made those things awesome. What is the, I don't mean, I don't want to be degrading to anybody that cooks out there, okay? <clears throat> but when you mix all of those flavors, right, when you have your culinary background, are you taught? with the sauces and the spreads like on your pizza you put two different sauces at the end i'm not a sauce guy but then when i started tasting that slaw and you put a little bit of that asian sauce in there it like kicks it off but are you covering the taste of the wild game with that tell tell me about the enhancement of flavoring what 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 does the culinary background bring to wild game when you start putting all that flavor into it?
6: Sauciers are people that make sauces to match with the protein so it's like, when you do the pizza, I put blackberry with it. You could do blueberry, raspberry, any of it. The berry's gonna bring the flavor out of the meat of wherever that food comes from, as far as it's in here eating acorns, it's out here eating rice. It's fatty, super fatty, super oily. The berry just, all it does is mix in with it. And the, the Asian side of it is the sodium. That's all it is. It just brings the sodium that's inside the meat out. It brings so, the sodium out. Yep. So, all all, them, all the the sodium that it's in your confit, whether you use salt, pepper, Cajun, uh, any of your seasoning as far as, I mean, where's you? I got your seasonings in there, I need to bring them out here too. The berry just brings out the flavor in it, whatever your choice is. Mm, yeah.
5: Well, I can see that with the foul. oven. Right? See, I've always thought. And, and
6: that, I put it, I put, uh, yeah. when we took the confit out, the duck that we smoked on the Traeger was the fowl seasoning of yours, and it was awesome.
4: Okay, so sauces are to bring the flavor out. But when (coughs) I spend an hour cooking that breakfast today, right? Right. And I take a lot of pride in that—the the flavors, it the mixtures, sick. the It was awesome. Yeah. And then Saint John walks in here hypothetically, and I couldn't mess with him even if I wanted to. <laughs> but he takes Franks and just douses it with Franks, oh, and you then did? No, 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 I did not. I'm it. saying though, but people do that. People do. They, do they do that just. Because douse, that's and I'm like, all they know. But I'm like, you didn't even taste the flavors I put. Mm-hmm. Together. Well, it's like <laughs> it's like a one like on he a steak. He does
5: this <laughs> with Tom that works for him because Tom is the sauce guy, and he doesn't just one. He's like every sauce in the fridge, and he puts it on lunch. And it just I'm like I just spent
4: hours cooking that. Right. And you didn't even give it a chance.
6: The confit is... is I'm like, you know, sauce guys are dorks. And that means cooked in its own fat, of course. Yeah. yeah. Confit cooked in its own fat, and then you take that oil, and then you got, you got duck oil. The, yeah, you, but that's, you, you, that's you pretty
4: high-tech cooking. I'm just talking about the guy that...
6: I don't understand. Comes in and puts a barbecue sauce on my $900 Well,
4: grabs a whole bottle of ranch last night and dips your pizza in did ranch. Did you really?
3: No, yeah.
5: I didn't. Yeah you know
3: better well, that's, but it's the same thing as you know you cooked up some of her family farms wagyu steaks the first <laughs> the wagyu we're steak here. Selling, not. imagine if it, than when than we pulled out ketchup. something you put out there and I just brought out some Heinz 57 and just well
5: those you know, genetics are a work in progress
3: like I would wow. I, I don't get <laughs> sauces either right like I'm not a sauce guy I'm but nice people saying. just
4: they think they're so cool with all these sauces I'm like dude I barely put ketchup on fries, or when I, I make even, a good smash burger, no condiments for nothing. sure, nothing. nothing. You taste that beef and those flavors of that maybe that little bit of that dry rub or salt and pepper. Yep, and the cheese, and that's you
6: don't need always try to caramelize something on a smash burger to give it a little, onion, it a little look, sugar yeah, in there. that or even even some zucchini oh, smash and bur- We got ground here. We ought to do some smash burgers tonight. And I slice them nice. super thin on my mandolin like they're paper thin? And I caramelized zucchini and squash, and I put them on that. Have you ever been to Duck Gumbo, cheese. the event? Uh, no, sir. I tend to uh, stay away from that end of the...
4: It's funny how Duck Gumbo has got the reputation to stay away from it, because it's a huge party. <laughs> well, and we didn't exactly. get to go because we had Taterbug here, but we sent our crew over there, and they were sending me pictures. And I was kind of envious. I was like, it's fun over there. There's, It's like a college tradition party you know of oh, cooking for sure. gumbo for sure loud music live bands
6: wild um, wild men, wild women and i and, and i and i was
4: going with the recipes and the gumbo aspect of it but i really wanted to get of how much is really going on in this area over these three days because we're right out here yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of literally what yeah. anna called the middle of freaking nowhere like people couldn't find us oh if you had to right it's amazing that it's awesome. that you can find this place which is the best right yeah. for, off sure. The for sure i told
3: you i thought you were trying to dump me off yeah so yeah. that's how far out in the middle of nowhere but, we are. but just
4: right down the street 40 minute yeah, drive yeah, from yeah, here
3: yeah 40 minutes
4: you have duck gumbo going on you got the world championship women duck calling the chicken sophie major you got the arkansas state duck calling which is sometimes handily as good as the world duck and then you have the world duck that was crowned last night then you have Max Prairie Wings going on. And then you have the dogs, the championship dog
6: series you got every, going out there. You got
4: everything going on in this part of the country this weekend. Everything duck. Everything. Um, everything. Max Prairie Wings, you've been here a lot. Yep. It's almost, it's a destination. All these outfitters run shuttles to Max after the morning hunt, right? I, they got superb, suburbans going back and forth because people
3: don't come to Stuttgart without, it's almost like a casino. They're going to go spend some money, right? My, my first time to Max Prairie Wings was early 2000s. And I was in Iowa and I was driving back to Georgia, not coming to duck hunt. And I went out of my way. I said, you know, it was the first time I ever drove from Iowa to Georgia. And so I purposely, I had a couple of buddies with me and I'm like, well, why don't you road trip with me? We'll go hang out down in Georgia for a couple of days. And one way back home when I said, hey, and on the way, we're going to go to Stuttgart. Well, I, you know, if you look at a map, it's you know it's not that's about, the way. yeah it's like 5 6 hours out of the way but yeah. we went 6 hours out of the way August September time frame not even duck hunting time just to go to Max Prairie Wings and en route you know just just to see it and take pictures i'm mean, a beautiful pintail mount on the wall and just experience and of course it's not what it is today 20 years ago it's you know it's still a good sized place rich and tone a small building alongside of it and it was just like you talk about being a destination it was like i had to come to stuttgart i had to at least see stuttgart and i had to go to max prairie wings because i was like maybe i'll never get a chance to do that in my lifetime i better get it while i can get it it was kind of a bucket list thing for a yeah. duck hunter you know on the periphery of sure. what you call you know that and others call the duck capital of the world now re, you you know, fast forward, I'm here every Thanksgiving. I This is my fifth year in a row going to the festival. It's been a tradition with some of my friends. It's like that's where we go. I was laughing yesterday because my friend Cole that was here this weekend, I'm like, this is our third year in a row of each having a cup of duck gumbo and sharing a brisket nachos. That, that's, <laughs> all of a sudden, that's become our Thanksgiving weekend you know traditional meal while the, while the worlds are going on right there right yeah. and heck I don't know what I'm listening to I couldn't tell you the differences well and, you but,
4: sounded like you're trying to replicate it all day in the woods
3: no yeah that's so what I sound like I was trying <laughs> to really what somebody said no, they I, only I, I kill when he quits <laughs> calling I will tell you thank you for letting me call I, I, <laughs> I love your calling you sound great I, I really appreciate you you sound great I mean that's the, nice of you poor Cole in those I mean how many oh, different God, types I, of hearing I, protection I, does he have I caught, <laughs> you know we were sharing that tree and I caught myself like probably five times like just looking up at the duck swinging about a foot from his ear ripping he's on He's like, him. would you
4: point your gun at me instead of that duck? No, I don't <laughs> imagine. Of, which one's louder?
3: I felt, yeah, I, I, no I caught my, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry I was blowing that on you. But, you know, he's been with my loud mouth for what now? 30, Th- He's a cool 40 dude. years and you and, you're, and
2: you
4: don't quit talking and he never talks yeah like it's a it's a it's a balance we balance, he, we balance he balances because, my universe because
3: he never gets a chance to right? <laughs> yeah well that that's a running joke there's two things I, I, I never shut up and I'm, i I'm never stopped moving the decoys I lo- I'm a decoy moving
4: fool we did move them we, we had a cool spread today and it worked mm-hmm. Tater what'd you think of Max Prairie Wings I get up here it. a little bit come up in here you we loved it so bad. what'd you love yeah. about it uh, the bargain barn I don't even... She saw that. She, she went for the expenses, yeah, You to go in the back. Did right. you love it? What did you love about it?
1: Uh, I don't know. It was just so much fun.
4: Pretty overwhelming, right, Anna? How much stuff is in there and how nice all the associates and employees are. Chuck Locke, the owner, he's been the GM of Max. Rest in peace, Mr. Marion. Absolutely. Can't believe Marion's gone. I looked up on that wall yesterday and saw his memorial with his duck hunting vest and his calls. And I'm just like, I got all freaking. And then his daughter was in there. And, sure. you know, I just get all emotional about it. But Chuck's the hardest working man in hunting. Like the dude, did, when we were leaving the store, he was carrying a load of vests out to put him on the rack. And by the time we got to our truck and pulled out, he was in a forklift moving a boat for a yeah. customer. For a customer. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the owner. And that's what it takes, right? Like absolutely. but uh pretty overwhelming how
3: awesome that uh, story is. We hung
5: out in the boot section with some of the workers there just having a really good time. Well, yes, we did. I, I, I know we're, we're here together.
3: I know we're here together, but what was pretty pretty damn surreal for me is we ran to Max yesterday and I wanted to get a vest. So I'm obviously in the banded section. Which I
5: have a killer display. Oh it's,
3: yeah, yeah. Prime time too, right? And I'm Going through and there's a man there's there's too much to look at right going through all the styles and everything like that and I hear hey what are you up to and I'm like I know we're here together but I'm like I'm in Max Prairie Wings and Chad Belding's like hey make sure you pick out this <laughs> branded thing and, you know and then you're with there with Christian you know the other you know involved in mm-hmm. whatever capacity I, I know owner I don't know how all that works but I'm like I'm in Max Prairie Wings during the Wings Over My Prairie Festival and I'm bumping into Chad Belding in the branded banded section at Max Prairie Wings. I mean, for any fan of... And duck we hunting, had a full buggy. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> And you were trying to fill mine with everything you made. Well, get this I've, one, get I, that one. I've get it. <laughs> made a tradition because
4: I truly believe this. If it wasn't for Mary McCollum and Chuck Locke and the entire family at Max, the crew, Bandit would would not be here. So every year I come here, either whether it's once or twice a year, every time I'm in Stuttgart, I go to Max and spend a lot of money. Not that I have to, not that they depend on it. I'm not trying to say that. It's that that was what I did before Banded. That's what I did when I first started coming here to compete in the World Duck. First year I ever came here was 2000 to compete in the World Duck and that was eight years before we started bandit so like i was spending money in max and i i feel that like that's the only store i want to be in right. as a for duck sure. hunter you're like yep. there's other great dealers final flight and simmons and presley's and rogers sure. but it's max it's, yes. getting that catalog as a kid oh yeah whether it was, it was herders or cabela's it was the if you're I a duck hunter, it was freaking
6: max and your
5: first and pair I, of waiters came for max that's pretty special
6: yeah and she got two new pair of waiters this week i mean what the, is going on here? The Max catalog for me is, is my deer stand material.
4: Yeah. Oh it, it waiting for that, that branch to break because
6: deer hunting yep. is being, you know, I, I'm 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 getting ready because I you can bow hunt, you know, here in Arkansas mm-hmm. in September. Yeah. So when you get the yeah. call, so I got my little wish list to carry my marker everywhere. I'm like <laughs> And I a wish- little square around it and just look around, <laughs> okay, this is what I want for Duck season, this is what I'm going
3: to have for duck season. Yep, I, I remember, you know, really that Max Prairie, or when the, when the catalog seemed like you first came out and you started getting it, it was very similar to the Sears catalog like when you were a kid. Like three pages. Remember when you got the Sears catalog and you were a kid and you just went right back to the toys?
5: And I was the And then you were like yeah, work always. circling.
3: And you were so excited when the Sears catalog came in, you know, like pre-internet, right? Like nobody, I, you could never explain that to... 25 and younger folks but the max prairie wings was yes. the same sure. way it We're, would come in and you're like man like you said the herders man i, I forgot about the herders i was like looking like the herders white newsletter too. right like it,
5: Everybody it was all black and white red. and
3: green i was yeah. thinking
6: uh too uh real quick before cool. i didn't mean to cut you off you're not when off when i first got the max prairie wing it was only like 15 pages yeah and now it's like 500 like a encyclopedia of everything <laughs> so it went from
3: this thing to this i um, remember being emotional when they put the deer hunting stuff in there i was like what are you come doing on, come on max what are you, Why doing? are you putting deer hunting stuff in my duck hunting catalog hey i was i was looking for <laughs> these. Were you like that at all i wanted to find
4: these pictures but um some of my greatest achievements in the industry of my whole career have been well everybody in, the, that the was ins- shopping
5: there yesterday left with a the inside, logo item. The yeah. inside yeah. front yeah. cover. The logo yeah. item is a big deal for
4: them. Yeah, and that might, the achievements was the inside front cover and the back cover. I was in it so many times. Coming out of a ground blind and Avery Power Hunter blind yeah, and oh, yeah. a quote from Chad Belding, and then on the inside front cover, Chad Building and, and Greenhead Gear decoys. And I was just like, you made Man, I'm, "Man, I made it! Made I made it!" it in. And now it's kind of like you, they don't really do that anymore. But back in the day when we were oh, yeah. growing Avery right. before banded we were owned by a marketing genius i mean tom matthews i shouldn't have said his name i didn't say it earlier but he's a, was a genius and he freaking tore this world up in the waterfowl world for a while and he had us everywhere so i mean every magazine whether it was cabela's or herders or or whatever it was we you would open it and there'd be us in there That's with awesome. quotes about this gear and this brand and well you worked hard for that <laughs> well i mean i'm not saying about me it was just that that being in the max catalog was like Holy shit, that's you as good something. as having your own TV show, yeah, right? made you know, like, it, right? It was before The Foul Life or Bandit or any of this stuff ever happened. So you got a TV show now? I, I, I did <laughs> until we came here. We, 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 we really did until I got
6: here. Don't act like you don't watch it. I watch it every chance I get. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm over here starstruck.
3: <laughs> what was it like for you being in, like, in Max? I know you talked about the emotionalism of looking at the past, but I mean, I'm talking like real world with all the consumers around there, do you get do you get inundated with with folks like, you know, or is it whispers like, hey, there's Chad Belting, or is it I you, saw do you a lot, get a lot man, of fans? I, I mean I stay away from it. I've always deflected
4: it, but I I I, I get it. I accept it, but I'm not into it for that. You sure, know? of course. But I've never shied away from it. I get to the mindset of like having to check myself. And I always I talk about this a lot in interviews or podcasts of like my house looks like Max. My garage and shops, all the everything I have looks like a max blew up in there, you know, and threw up in there, for whatever sure. the saying is. So I've had to check myself over the last years because it's easy to start to take it for granted. When you go and you see all that bandit on the shelves, I have four of everything in my house. When you see all those Benellis, I have hundreds of you know it's like i don't want to be that guy that ever takes it for granted or is like yeah. gets that it's that i'm over it you want
6: to stay humbled
4: you, i want to i always want to be humble i don't want that to humble me i always want to have humility but i've caught i've had to catch myself of like man i don't even care to walk into a Cabela's again i remember going through sydney nebraska on i-80 there yeah. chasing ducks on the platte river and couldn't wait to go see the bronze elk and be a part mm-hmm. of, of of that fascination and now i'm like but you got to check yourself and be like wait that's what got you here so being in Max, that's why I said I want to I want to shop like a shopper. I want to walk around and look at all the gadgets and act, actually be part you of it. You walked
5: the whole store.
4: Yeah, I, I walked the whole store because I'm never a part of it because I'm always like opening the box and being like, put them on the hanger, get ready to wear them. All right, let's do a photo shoot. All right, let's set this up. Yeah. And it's, it becomes tedious because I'm seeing that stuff a year before it ever go, goes to market. Just like you are with the guns. It's like you got to yeah, check yeah, yeah. yourself because you're like, man, this is special. And people are in there going, oh, my God, look at all this gear. Look at these ducks coming out of the ceiling. And listen to those sounds and the duck call counter and all the and everything playing. And you're just like, don't ever get bigger than that. Don't ever outgrow that. Like, sure. I still wish there, that I believed in the, the things that, you know, you find out that are fake. Like, I still think that Hulk Hogan's real and that he was really fighting. Right Back then, the wrestling I, was real. It was real. back yeah. then. But you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to <laughs> let go of that stuff. And when you get it in your face all the time, it's easy to be like, sure wow it's almost like it
5: becomes a job too if you let it but yesterday it's funny that you bring that up because we always do a big hunting store trip at christmas like that's where real santa is in georgia yeah and so yesterday it was really cool to be able to be in max and they're playing christmas music and it was like the first time that feels like the holidays because we stay on the road you know, I mean, so it's, just, it's not like we're home. Sure, and we've got our house decorated. I mean, we do have a tree up, but it doesn't have any ornaments But you
6: guys shopping. You guys shopping. It, guys
5: felt, it, shopping felt, it felt real finally like for home. Like the holiday but stuff.
6: like you guys, all three of you guys, like if you go out and just do like a just a regular shop, there's going to be ninety people stop you and want to ask you something, want to ask you something, want to ask yeah. you something. I mean, it's, me. It's it, it's just like God, that's got to be sometimes I, it's got to be overbearing, about guns. doesn't it?
4: They're there well, for. I mean, you're day. a world champion. Right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're <laughs> you're <laughs> a you're world like champion. Stores and closing. And right? I want to, yeah. talk to Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come here, come here. Well, I got it. I talked to Christian <laughs> yeah. yesterday about you're long range and, and but he he's so into it that he was like just like just want to be a normal. And We stopped talking. I caught him. He creeped around the clothing rack and he was like sitting there while I was talking to a friend. And he's like, hey, I got another question. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you can Christian's
4: into that long-range shooting bay. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's, it's one of those things to where you just – Kind of gets nerve-wracking, huh? No, nah, I mean, I don't – I talk to her about it all the time. I don't – it got nerve-wracking in the Denver airport when we were flying here a couple months ago. I had my daughter with me, and it was the first time she saw the, the selfies and the autographs and stuff. And I'm – I don't – again, I don't bank on any of that. I talk to Waddell about it all the time of like – how did he how does he feel about it you know and he just it's part of the job and it's part of the gig but for sure but i don't i don't take it for granted and and it's it's pretty cool to still have it happening (laughs) it's still pretty (laughs) it's pretty cool to still have it happening this long into a career sure um
5: what's funny we were in wisconsin last week and he like like i said he just kind of shuts off and i (coughs) found every single gun dog woman in the whole place and i have like Five hours worth of conversation so he's like seriously like let's Come go on. i'm like go. no because she you're not gonna believe this i met a lady in the bowling alley and our dogs are related and she got her dog from a guy that i trained with and blah 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 it like, crazy and he's like oh my god you're probably never gonna see her again and i'm like but i had that moment no that's it's good cool.
4: that you do it and again yeah, I, yeah. I get i'm a deflective person i deflect the attention to where it's almost like it's kind of embarrassing It kind of is. It's like you're just. But sometimes you want to kind of just do your own thing. Well, I mean, it's not like it's it's not like I'm getting like I'm Michael Jordan. I don't want to make it sound like that. But it is funny to be walking down, you know, through the Denver airport and have 10 people stop you. For sure. To talk to you and get a selfie. And my daughter's sitting there going, what is going on? Like, is this are you serious? Why do they want a picture with you? And that's how I want to keep it like that way of of feeling gratitude every time that it happens. And I don't want it to be forced. And I think that, like, appearances and stuff like that, it's almost like, yeah, you come up and you got this picture for them to sign and they're buying something from you. I want it to be more organic. Like, if it just happens and they and they say, hey, what's going on? It's and us call
5: it the rhyming. Yeah, when oh, we were there, yeah, so Drake.
4: yeah, yeah and you, people see me and, and and introduce themselves to me and stuff like that.
6: I I like that. You're not just terrible looking. I mean, you're good on yeah. the eyes too. And you're a oh,
3: hunter. Well, you're well, a killer. What were well, well, you looking at him or me? I, 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 oh, dude, I'm a male I was model. looking
6: at your mustache. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm a male model. I was, I was huh? Oh well, yeah. I think the I was same thing. Your mom, man. But I mean,
6: but <laughs> if if, if, like, if people come by, you know, i I'd, I'd want to say hi to you. If I saw you, like if I was in Max, I'd say, hey, Chad, how are you, you doing, You know, it's funny.
4: Here's a funny story. This, is, And you can ask BA this. Now I'll say- I wish Brandon was on the phone for this story. It's, it's funny, but me and this big-time singer, the biggest one on that wall without saying a name, he's from Georgia. But he's the biggest singer on that wall. He's one of the biggest of all time. And he'd come here every year with us, right? And he'd hunt ducks here and just be mesmerized. But we go to Max. And we're walking around shopping. We have, literally, it's like we got a personal shopping deal. We got this security with us, you know, and we're walking around. We're looking at everything. And I'm getting selfies, like, every five steps. Just people are like... I knew where this was going. Yeah, and nobody's... And no, and they Nobody knows like, They don't, they don't even know who he is. He and he's like, <laughs> he's looking at me like, what in the f- is going on? And he's like, is this normal? And I'm like, when we're here, yeah, like, that's how it is, you know? And, and he goes... This is freaking unbelievable. I'm talking the entire store, all the way up to the register, standing in the and register a line. Name. Oh, of course, and, oh, know. household name, and, 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 <laughs> for sure. And, and so that kind of stuff's kind of nuts when you're in, when you're in an area where the the duck hunters are or
6: the fans. Well, are. you are duck hunting. But
4: I was talking to her yesterday about this. You are duck we'll, hunting. We'll start to fade out on it. Is that relevance is a weird thing. It is a weird thing. And I look at somebody like let's just take George Strait for example. George isn't on country radio anymore. He's kind of been forgotten. He wrote a song with Jamie Johnson called Kicked Out of Country. Mm -hmm. They wrote a nine-minute song on text messages, and it's a great song on YouTube if you've never heard it. He still sells out every arena. He's still relevant. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people, like if you look at like Tracy Bird, Mark Chestnut, Tracy Lawrence, all these guys that I grew up listening to, like, oh, my God, there's Mark Chestnut, and we're going to Tracy Lawrence, and we're going to go to this concert, or athletes. I was around all these athletes, and now it's just with the the new age of social media – and the way people are getting their content, yep, it's so hard for somebody like me. We
5: can't trump uh, these young kids. I, can't, Entrepreneurs. Well, I but I came, He's but I
4: came up in an air that I didn't. I still to this day have no idea how to do social media. I yeah. fake it, yeah. and I just stay consistent on it. But there's these people that are like sensations because they went out and did a dance, or they've did a rap on TikTok. a video, yes. or whatever it is. And yeah. I've never done that. So it's 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 a weird phenomenon to me of like. Am I still relevant? Should I still be doing this? Am I still the face of like the foul life or bandit or, because you're, you're gonna be forgotten. And, and, and trying to reinvent yourself all the time is important. Like, how do you reinvent yourself without looking like an a-hole, you know? Is there an
6: OnlyFans for duck hunting? <laughs> <laughs> because there is, you're going to be a billionaire.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say it.
3: That brings you back full circle. You, you're you a catalog. Absolutely. You're, yeah. you're the catalog, everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like Please. the Internet's put catalogs away, right? And that's just that social media has put that away. But I mean. I
4: think of that all the time. And I don't mean to cut you off, V. is that is that and i told her this last night when we got back here is like to hang my hat on what we've done and i saw christian yesterday and when i see christian i get emotional because me and christian we did all this together yeah we came up together since 2000 and he sat here last right here i'm in that seat he was in that seat and brandon adams was in that seat who owns this place and we all had tears in our eyes and eric larsgaard was here too one of our original guys the partners in banded and we all had tears in our eyes about what it's done so when I look at like the things going on in the world of like dude that person has a million followers Mm -hmm. and they're doing stuff that I would never do Mm -hmm. and it's popular amongst the people that are getting their content that way right but then I look at it and I told Anna last night I'm like I started Bandon I started The Foul Life I started Dead Dog Walking I started Jargon I started The Provider I started all of this stuff that, that we have with American Almond Beef and Cowboy Choice and all this stuff and it's not an arrogance it's like we did this. We did this and that's what you can hang your hat on. And I don't give a flying rat's ass how many likes I get. Sure. And I hope that I hope that doesn't come across of like, I'm trying to make excuses no, that we only not. have 165,000 followers when we should have. I mean, is, well, are you? Well, the thing you even,
5: of it was, we were walking around. There was all these young kids there, and he was talking about, like, how do we stay relevant at our age and, like, what we're doing? But for me, it was like, how do we keep the tradition there if they don't recognize the value in this old people?
6: You're the George Strait of Duck hunting now to these kids.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I I watched Phil Robertson at the Delta Waterfowl Expo in February last year, and Phil's relevant, and he's done a great job. He was relevant to me because of a duck hunter, not for the duck, duck dynasty or the blind or any of that. Way he was, rel- that he day was day. relevant to me of him and Coco killing gray ducks in the woods, right? Yep, and yep. he went for the ducks, and I went for, the, or he went for the bucks, and I went for the ducks. Phil Robertson meant something more to me, and but everybody, all that image goes away someday. Sure, of course but so it's it's how do you leave a legacy of like, dude? I don't, I didn't come up where I was developing a following of all of these people. I never really understood, and I don't even think Facebook or MySpace did that. I think the instant gratification of Instagram and TikTok is what's caused this explosion of, I don't remember anybody getting famous off of Facebook, and they could have. I think Luke Combs was one of them, but he was also on TikTok a bunch and Instagram a bunch. Well, And all these singers and people that are getting famous, these influencers, I'm like, what are they really credible with? There's, How but is there there's, credibility
3: there? there? But you, the key word you had there was legacy. Yeah. There's not going to be legacy for people that had two and a half million followers on all. on TikTok. And you want to talk about relevance. You're in a quick flush relevance market if you're an influencer, right? I mean, oh, your gosh. relevance is, is a flash in the pan, right? You know what I'm saying when you talk oh, yeah. relevance. And so there is no... I, I can't imagine there's any legacy that's going to happen with in that influencer sphere yeah there's going to be people that have make a ton of money that you don't understand how they made their money that easy way in some ways um but like there's no i don't i don't think there's a legacy for whomever you no, know no. and i'm not They're trying good. i don't really know any influencers there's no there's no hard work but anymore. i mean well you know that well you know there is i mean there's people that are posting three and four Things a day and it's and it is creative content. They're, that's they're grinding, they're grinding for sure. Uh, but you know, long-term relevancy is really an impact. Is what really makes legacy right. like asked and, me
5: about that. He said I was in a meeting down at Honeybreak with him, and he said, "Like, what's your goal?" He he says, "Envy. What you want to be when you grow up?" And I was like, "The Dolly Parton of the wing shooting world. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than that, right?" Yeah. She trailblazed. What, what doesn't get any music. bigger? Dolly Parton. Shut. Up, <laughs> Y'all just stop. This
2: was
6: hey. a serious conversation. No, it is. is. Serious I'm- conversation for you. I, I, is the wing shooting world of, with, that you're in, is it still like a big, big thing? Because I've never heard of it. Not in a bad way.
3: No, because you're from Arkansas. Yeah, because we don't like, have You guys don't yet. have any. so yes. you're not into it, it, it right? Yeah, no. that's what
6: I mean. We don't have it here. Yeah, you get in the upland world.
3: And oh, quail, no. Like quail hunting. Yeah. You're oh,
1: gosh, quail
6: yeah. hunting. And oh, bird Because you're a world yeah. champion, right? Yeah. yeah. She's three-time. Three-time world champion. And you saw her shoot that wood duck today. Pow! I think I was sleeping.
5: Pow. Oh, my God! No,
6: I'm lying. I watched you fold it like a lawn chair. <laughs>
5: but just going back to that creating a legacy, it's like nobody's done it. Like you're saying, you don't even know how big the world is. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work to be done to create even the the knowledge or to create the community.
3: But there is also the perspective that comes with George Strait. You're no bigger guy than George Strait for 25 years, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: you know, and the, the, the sun sets on us all. But how does it yeah. set
4: on him when it he can still put out three or to four oh. number ones a year? Country radio forgets about him, and you're like, what? Oh, is is am I going to be listening to some of this country? A lot of the country music's on the radio today will not have a legacy. No, 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 no. They no. just won't. No, it won't.
6: They won't. And it's they come and go, man.
5: Start and say, Well, I did this because of Dolly Parton's Sure, conflict. sure. She's sure. massive sure. influence on Taterbug, sure. right? Or how many guys have grown up saying, Man, I listened to George Strait. You want to be that personally, that legacy that encourages others to, to But, but, and but mental, work.
4: mentally and emotionally, though, it's a weird chess game. Um, oh, sure. Am I being forgotten? I can't imagine. What am I working for? And I and I literally have gotten to, gotten in my life. I, I have sanctity in knowing what we've done and that I was never in it for the like. I was in it to build a legacy and build brands. I wanted to have brands that were... When you walk into Max and you see that banded bee on all of those SKUs, on yeah. all of those different products, from a hand warmer to gloves to this jacket to the uh, taters, youth waiters to this hat, I remember when we drew that bee i remember getting sure. it with my artist and going that's it that's our logo and that box i remember calling my intellectual property attorney brian hardy and going i want to try to trademark this name banded what do you mean well it's synonymous with waterfowl hunting it's the leg iron that goes on the the federal banding initiative and i don't think we'll get it but i want to try to get it for clothing tv production da, 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 da. and he came back and goes you got it with the uspt and o, patent and trademark office and i'm like and that was in two thousand eight, and, and then was,
3: you're like, "Uh oh!"
4: And then, and then, yep. and now it's growing into a what's that word? A juggernaut. Yeah, I'd it's say a so juggernaut. Sure. Yeah,
3: absolutely, absolutely, it's a juggernaut.
4: There's people all over Canada and America wearing that bee or having it on their back window. Yep. And do we have competition? Yeah, sure. They've copied everything we've done. Absolutely, everything. And they'll say that with a straight face. A lot of a lot of knockoff out there, and uh, our innovation continues to roll. But but thinking about that I was there we started bandit that's cool. and it's in every waterfall st- waterfowl area in the world we started jargon and the guy at max yesterday walks up to me the guy that is in charge of all of that and he says it's one of our number one selling calls they're killing it for us your goose call is our number one selling call so in uh, goose calls so like that I told her that I'm like dude did you hear what he just said and I'm like wow that's awesome before it was like, Am I ever gonna be able to sell one of these freaking yeah, things? Yeah. And now we can't That's make enough market them. to get And into now it we too, can't right? make enough of them. Yeah.
6: And now Good people enjoy it the way you do. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I was blowing That's my le- leg. That's called a legacy. That's, yeah. And I, that's, Even
4: that, though that's in the blind today, else, nobody was blowing my calls. What I was you? blowing. Taylor, what? You Chuck?
3: were? Sweet Talk, I told you. I, I went over drinking at Rob Roberts' shop, and I he's got calls everywhere. Is doing it Chit Chat? No, it's uh, Sweet Talk.
4: I don't think it's Sweet mm-hmm. Talk. Which one is it? I, think I- Small Talk? Small Talk. Yeah. Small Talk. God, those calls we built for Rob are beautiful.
3: You were blowing well, it those got, day? Well, not the one that's logoed. He gave me, when you mailed them for him, you mailed me one. And but I, I was blowing that call. I was up in his. We were drinking. I knew uh, it sounded good. I knew. Back, I back liked when your men call. could drink. Hey, <laughs> babe. Back when we could drink Bud Light. Men could drink Bud Light. We <laughs> were drinking Bud Light up there. And uh, I was blowing. Like he went through all his calls, and I was like, "Damn, that thing sounds good, Rob." And of course, you know, Rob. We well, didn't take it, and I'm like, "Well, I didn't mean that, Rob." But so he gave it to me, and. You know, I drove home from from Batesville all the way to Georgia, and you know, like,
1: Blown your golf. yeah, you know, I, I can
3: I, I don't, I don't, people that don't blow calls, and I don't blow them well, but people that don't blow calls could never imagine how many people drive down the highway for hours on oh, and Oh, dude, I've had people call. think I'm on a crack pipe. I've had cops pull me over like, what is that you're smoking there? I'm like, it's a duck call. Dude. And just nonstop, right? Nothing. Because, you know, you can't do it in the house. The wife. All wrote, you got to do is run a, the windows it, down
6: and the cops will leave it, you
4: alone offense, at that point. Because when come offense, by, they're, like, they're like. All
6: right, we're out of here. The foul life. Nick,
4: thank you for the meals. This, this, was, was this has been a pleasure. Thank you. thank
6: you. Thank you. We're
4: going to have some more tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. You sure you got to leave? Well, if you're feeding me, why am I might re-, re Jason St. John, six <laughs> hour. Thanks for the friendship. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thanks for coming to Prairie Wings. We'll do it again. Appreciate it. I hope so. Thank you. Did you enjoy hunt with Anna V? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Thank Anna, oh, thank Anna, Anna V. Anna V, love you.
3: She's a killer. You rock and and, and she's a killer. And, and sweet killer. Tater.
4: She's a she's killer. Tater. Tater. And little tater. tater
3: went to take a nap, I think. Tater's Man, she, eyes were getting heavy. She, she... Yeah, she was singing at the campfire last night. I cussed her this morning. I said, Tater, I said, tater. I said now now I got not just uh Don Williams Tulsa time, I got taters Don Williams in Tulsa <laughs> time in in my head. She's was. pretty special though. Yeah,
4: she's great. And then she come really? on here and sing Malie Lavoe. That kid
5: lives for duck camp. I'll, there are days I want to sleep in and she's like, nope, we're getting up.
4: Yeah. Alright, stay safe out there everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Foul Life Podcast coming at you from the Prairie Wings Duck Lodge right here in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Stay safe in the woods, the marsh, the rivers. Practice boat etiquette, hunting etiquette, and remember, stop the infighting. We're all in this for the same reasons. Let's respect each other no matter how you hunt. Stay ethical, stay legal, and stay safe. I hope you're getting ready for the best time of the year. Merry Christmas, not happy holidays. Chad Belding, Anna V, Jason St. John, and my boy, you got to pronounce the last name. Nick LaHon. The chef here. <laughs> Law Dog. This call me Law Prey Dog. Prairie Wings. There you go. Oh, there's my friend, Nancy. miss Nancy. Hi. Nancy's a juggernaut here at the Prairie Wings Duck Club. Thank you all. Thank you to all of our partners and sponsors. And thank you all for the subscriptions, the downloads. I'm Chad Belling. We'll talk to you soon right here at the Phallic Podcast.
0: Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Become an outdoor mentor today. Taylor, did you like being in the woods? <laughs> what'd you love about it i
1: just felt very peaceful not something scary yeah yeah i'd rather be there than in the
0: city the foul life with chad belding and co-host tater has been made possible by six hour safari club international and mojo outdoors chad and the foul life crew will give closing statements after these words from our partners we'll be right back
4: i think lighting is everything i don't like being in the dark i don't even like secrets being told that's kind of keeping you in the dark, isn't it? I don't like setting up decoys in the dark. I don't like looking for anything in the dark. Turn your headlights and drive down the street. Obviously, it's impossible. Lighting is everything. A well-lit room, a well-lit hunt. They make your decoys look better when that sun's shining on them. Mallards perform different and we perform better and differently when we have our rigid light bars, all of the rigid lights on our trailer, when we can see what we are doing, setting up our blinds, concealing our blinds, setting up our spread, exact distance from a fence or a tree line that we want to be. When you can bright, up the night brighten up those early mornings I'm telling you it makes your hunting success go way up the odds are in your favor when you put rigid on your trucks in your bumpers in your light bars check them out at rigidindustries.com I can't say enough about their LED technology it is the best it's often imitated but never duplicated I know you've heard that before but there is nothing like rigid lights R-I-G-I-D you'll find them on all of our Corning Ford Fords all of our rigs all of our trailers on the noses on the sides on the back door when we turn on our lights on our trucks and trailers, we ignite the field and we ignite the hunt. And that's exactly what Rigid Industry does. It ignites our passion for the outdoors. The official LED light bar and lights of the Fowl Life podcast and Benelli's The Fowl Life TV. See them in action right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Brand new episodes, season 15 of Benelli's The Fowl Life. Thank you so much, Rigid, And thank you all for supporting the brands and partners that support us. I love snacks. I love protein. I love having it at my disposal at all times. You never know when you're going to get hungry. You never know when that hunt is going to go longer. That drive is going to go longer. Why not make sure that you have a high protein enriched snack like Jack Link's jerkies? Whether it's the sticks, whether it's the cold craft, whether it's the traditional jerky, the flavors, the freshness, the packaging, the design, the entire culture of this business built with Mr. Jack himself, his son, Troy. They support the American hunter, their American brand, living the American dream, and they deserve it. I love their snacks, their flavors. I can't go into all of them, but there's the deal pickle there's the teriyaki the original the peppered sweet and hot i can keep going on the cold craft side the salamis the cheeses unbelievable innovation into the way snacks should be no carbohydrates low in sugar great flavor high in protein build that muscle make sure that you support the companies and products that support us here and jack links is the official snack of the foul life podcast and benelli's the foul life tv Man, the new Black Label Elite boots by Banded. I'm telling you, these camp shoes, these knee boots, uninsulated, insulated. I wore them on my first two trips of the 2023-24 season after wearing prototypes all last year. And they are the best boot made, most comfortable, most foot protectant, most easy to walk in, warmest, most breathable, baddest ass hunting boots, camp shoes on the market. I guarantee it. Challenge me on that. Get yourself a pair right now at Bandit.com or any Bandit author dealer across the country and you will feel like you're walking on the moon i was in corn fields wheat fields alfalfa fields pea fields i've worn these boots everywhere and it is amazing how comfortable they are how dry they keep your feet how protected they keep your feet and when you take them off and you put them out to dry it's unbelievable how fast they dry how fast they air out and ready for your next hunting excursion i'm telling you these boots are different they fit different they feel different they perform different it's another Innovation by the family at Banded. It is absolutely a pleasure to have them as the official footwear of the Foul Life podcast. Their waders are amazing, their accessories are amazing. Everything Banded Avery Greenhead Gear Avery Sporting Dog stands for is exactly what the tradition and culture of the American Hunter has been built on. It's a band of brothers. We are so proud of it. And these new black label elite knee boots and the camp shoes will absolutely blow your mind and make this a better season than it would have been without them. I promise you that. Get them right now at banded.com or an authorized banded dealer. Thank you all so much for the support of banded brands throughout the years, and trust me, we are just getting started.
0: Our time today at Prairie Wings in Arkansas has come to an end.
4: Merry Christmas, not happy holidays. Chad Belding, Anna V, Jason St. John, and my boy, you got to pronounce the
0: last Nick LaHong. Make sure to follow The Foul Life with Chad Belding on your socials and catch every broadcast on thefoullife.com, SoundCloud, iHeart, and Spotify. Thanks for listening and Merry Christmas.